everybody. This is not Mike Cisneros, because he abandoned me in Athens all by myself, three hours away from home, and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if we're going to record this. I don't know if it's working. I don't know if I'm going to have batteries that are dying, equipment that's going to fail, but we're here, and we're recording because it is Ohio Brew Week. Um, I'm sitting at Devil's Kettle with a panel of people that is... Um, it's it's terrifying to think that I have to run sound and run a show at the same time with all of you guys sitting here. So I hope that you guys like to talk so that I don't have to the whole time. Um, we're going to start um, first introductions, which is going to be a pain in the ass because I can't run the board and pull up my notes at the same time. So from my left, and, and again, I, I have to apologize to all of our listeners because this is not live. I'm going to try... Hopefully you're listening to this this weekend. Um, somehow I'm going to try to get it up on Facebook and onto YouTube so that you can listen to it kind of almost live. But if not, um, again, apologies to everybody who listens to the show. So to my left, for anybody that is not looking at it because we don't have a camera set up because we're not live, is Cameron Fuller from Devil's Kettle. Um, Hello. Tell everybody hi. Yeah. Welcome to Devil's Kettle. Glad Thank you're Thank you very much. I... I this is my first time in Athens, and so obviously my first time here, my first time um, experiencing the, the beer scene here, and uh, you're my third stop today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Save the best for last. So, That's fine. No offense to these guys. Um, I love their beer. Followed up, we are w- Sean White um, from, from Little Fish, which Hello. we, um, on the show, uh, you know what? I think we've had... We've had Little Fish, and I think we've had Devil's Kettle on the show um, in some capacity. I think we somehow got a growler last year around Brew Week from each of you guys, um, I believe. So we, we, we've definitely tried the beer on the show before. loved the beer, but um, Sean White from Little Fish. Cool. Um, yeah, our beer may have made it on, but I'm a podcast virgin. Uh, this is my first time. Me so, too. So it yeah. works out. Let's do this. <laughs> Up next... Brandon Thompson from Ohio Brew Week, um, you are the one that is going to hold all this together and keep some kind of coherent theme while we all drink a bunch of beer and um, <laughs> don't make any sense. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Hello. Yeah, that is me. Um, nah, I mean, it's it, it's a big job, uh, but I love it. You know, I've met a lot of new people around the state and everything like that. And uh, I mean, my, my background's in events, you know, so I'm really excited to see this coming together. This is actually the first day of Ohio Brew Week, so... Whenever you guys hear this, uh, I might have killed myself, or I might be smiling <laughs> two days later. We'll see. But, hopefully, uh, they'll hear it tonight, yeah, because it. hopefully I'm going to sit in the hotel and get it up, but yeah, I, I don't so. really know. And then, of course, from Jackie O's, Seth Morton. Good evening. Thank you very much for being here. Of course. Thanks um, for having me. You guys were my first stop today pulling into town, cool. because we needed some lunch. And, um, of course, in Cincinnati, I think Jackie O's is a... Uh, household name almost as much as some of our biggest breweries. So. Yeah, we try to get um, out there. It's it's good to have you guys on the show for the first time. I mean, we've yeah, tried yeah. we've tried the beer on the show a bunch. Since he does well for us, um, I appreciate the love. It was uh, it was fun finally making it out there and seeing um, Genesis the, where it starts. Yeah, you know, it's, it was fun. Ohio Brew Week. That's I guess the topic tonight. Um, what has what has it meant for all of you guys? How does this tie you guys all together? What is what does Ohio Brew Week do to each of you guys as a brewery? Uh, well, I guess I'll start. Um, shit, Ohio Brew Week is the best year, best week of the year for the breweries in Athens, um, at least for us small guys. Um, 
I opened only up one month before brewing started a year ago, and at that point, I was still trying to figure stuff out. I didn't know what it was going to be like, and that week just kind of gave me all the confirmation that I needed that, you know, this is the right thing to do. Um, so year two, I, you know, I'm deeply in this. I have new beers coming out every day, and it's a really fun time to kind of show off to not just Ohio, but, you know, people from all over the Midwest come to Ohio Brew Week. So it's a great showcase for Athens as a town and as one of the best brewing centers of, you know, America, really. Second best. Cincinnati's first, but second best. I'll give you guys yeah, that. Cincinnati <laughs> tries. <laughs> it's, I, you know, like I said, being my first time out here, it's, it's, it's really interesting seeing the way this this city kind of embraces beer in the way you you have that that small town feeling and yet it's the beer acts like it's 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 big town beer like every every brew that i've been to today it's like well i'm sitting here talking to my wife and i'm like man i I wish this was in cincinnati this would do so well if it was it was here and i could go there all the time and now you're gonna like it's i i how um athens as 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 a city what is the what is the beer community like? I mean, is it? It well, we're all here. Well, yeah, so <laughs> we do have uh, grudge matches like once a month. We just put on these giant boxing gloves, <laughs> which just yeah, duke it out. Like, which, it's awesome. Yeah, well, bare knuckle boxing behind the public house, and we just kind of uh, we just kind of settle everything. We'll, we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit. And, uh, there's at, a, probably after the show, but but one of our local breweries had a boxing match. For really? a, a bottle release, it was, and they uh, had fifty west, fifty west. The the, the the punch out is what they called it to oh, really wow. punch you in the eye. But so did I, they which, have yeast wrestling? <laughs> they did not have yeast wrestling. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. we pushed the boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's exciting for me to check see, back with us next brewery <laughs> to, to see other other kind of um, beer communities and to see how how it's kind of the same thing and kind of different than than what I'm used to in Cincinnati and it's. It's it's fun to see the city and kind of wander through it and and, and yeah. see it. So, to, you know, to continue the question on to you guys. You know, like Brew Week. How is it? How has it affected what you guys do? Does it does it change? Do you do you do special stuff for the week? Is it? Um, how 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 does it affect you guys as breweries? Oh, I think it's amazing. Um, so this is our second brew week. Uh, we right. opened actually just a little bit later than Devil's Kettle. And our first day actually being open for business was the Friday of brew week. So we had one soft opening day before that, and then it was just like head first. And, Which I'm um, curious how we got a growler of uh, the, the Saison on the show before you guys were open. But I, I'm not going <laughs> to. I can't say. I, uh, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> So I don't know. This year is is just more of like a time to we've had some preparation. And um, I mean, we're not a big brewery and that's not our aspiration, but I think we're a pretty ambitious brewery. And so we really want to show people what we're capable of. And we've tried to make a very eventful schedule for Brew Week, which um, they'll probably uh, drive me crazy a little bit trying to get it all together. But I think it's worth it. You know, we'll have some exciting events going on um, at the at the brewery and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I was a little disappointed when we were walking out the door seeing a firkin sitting on the on the bar that hadn't been tapped yet that I did not get to try and 
things like that drive me crazy as a beer drinker to know that there's something right there that is going to be tapped that I can't get. So um, stuff like that is fun for for beer weeks and and things like that to to see those special tappings. But yeah, anything that can um, get people to come out to a tap room that maybe they haven't been to. Do you guys get? Um, do you get a lot of people from out of town that are coming in just for the beer? Is there some kind of a a, a beer tourism thing that's starting here in Athens, or is oh, it, most is certainly? It, I mean, every weekend, um, I tend to bartend myself at least all day Sunday, and all day Sunday, there's always people telling me I'm from Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus. And tell me which number stop they are that I am, whether right. I'm first on their like, tour of the three breweries or last. Um, and I'd say my weekend, you know, business is more out of town than in towners. In fact, that's 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 fun to see. I you know I like to see people coming to a city because of the beer. But it's a great place to visit. I mean, we got the Hawking Hills and so much beautiful scenery around here and Athens is just a cool place and it is a cool having place. three breweries just makes more people want to come to this area so you know I'm glad Little Fish followed up after me and like brought even more people to this area right. my um my wife is from Oxford where Miami University is and I was telling her <laughs> we'll address the, that face that you made but um I was when we were coming into town I said you know I, in, in my head I picture this as a college town and I you know I, I I don't know what that means because I you know my experience of college towns in Cincinnati is you got Clifton which is where UC is and it's 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 one way and it's it doesn't it's not a separate town it's part of everything but then you've got Oxford, which is its own little entity in this small town feeling, but then classes in session, it gets crazy and it gets stupid, and there's all these college kids just crowding the streets, and it, it's it was interesting to pull into town, which I'm guessing orientation is going on right now too, because there are a lot of people with bags and a lot of people with parents, and <laughs> that only happens a couple times a year. But to see kind of the ways that it's the same as places like that, and then see the difference, which to me is the way this kind of beer community exists within that is very much very much like you know I, I, I hate to keep bringing up Cincinnati and keep pulling it back to that but it's it's very much like the Cincinnati beer community but then the town feels like this 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 Oxford college town that's that's kind of quaint I guess is the way to use it but kind of it has this character but then there's this other community that's still. I, I don't know how to. I don't know well, yeah, how to put well, that in words. And I to, to come into a college town in the summertime is is to understand that it's that town in its most distilled right. pure form, and it's also kind of slow season. At, at least with us having the uptown business, it's it's really cool to have Brew Week bring all of this right. to us, and to have this really cool thing in the summertime when the students are gone. And not to say they're all bad by any measure, but uh, <laughs> not all. But to, to have Brewy come in and to lay this out for us and allow us to have all these really cool events is a, is a great thing to have. Right, it's it's different than any any other city that I've ever been to, and as far as a 
especially as a beer city. I've never seen anything like it before. Hell, Brandon, you might know this. is like I've heard that Brew Week is like the biggest tourist attraction in Athens. Uh, is there any corroboration of that? It's... I haven't heard the official. Uh, it's definitely up there. Uh, all my conversations uh, with you know the town and everything like that is you know it's an economic engine. You know, it, even though we're all here about craft beer, there is so much going on around that. Um, that yeah, it is. You know, just from not before Ohio Brew Week, just looking at you know we've got Paw Paw Festival, we've got you know Halloween, which is a big event. Um, we've got the Nelson Music Festival, which is not quite in Athens, but it's close and stuff like that. But other than that, there aren't large events, you know, like this, you know, where we, I mean, this year we have 39 brewers, you know, bringing their beers. And we're, one of the things as a, this year as a director, uh, we want to get metrics. You know, what Cameron's saying is like, you know, he talks to people from out of town every weekend. You know, we want to figure out, you know, how many people are really coming to Ohio Brew Week. I've heard sometimes it's between six and 10,000 people participate, you know, uh, in the summer. And, you know, what's that was saying? Summer's slow, you know, like we've got a you know twenty one thousand students out here, I think, and no one really knows how big Athens is. I know like like I'm from Athens, you know, Sean you're from Athens. We don't really know how many people really live here, so it's always hard to say like, hey, like you know, but you know, six thousand people come in Athens, you know, for a week is great, you know. So I'd venture to say it's probably one of the, the higher things, you oh, know, yeah. in town because you know, Halloween there's a lot, but it's just one day. But this is 10 days of craft beer. Well, you know? Again, and it, you have to take your hat off to a city that can take a beer week and make it 10 days. Like <laughs> we like our booze. That yeah. says something about what, what's going on yeah. here. So um, let's talk about beer. So we do a, a segment on the show. I know you guys probably are not regular listeners to the show, but um, this is my favorite part of the show. It's From the Beer Fridge. So, typically we're sitting in the studio and we just kind of pull bottles depending on what we have out of literally the beer fridge to, to drink and to taste and right now we're sitting in the middle of a place of beers that we've never tried before so what do we have tonight what are we drinking so i started off i got two pitchers in front of us um i think they're pretty interesting because it's actually the same wort that i fermented with really polar opposite yeast strains um one is a german pilsner so i mean it's a pretty clean pilsner based malt uh hallertau hop um basic grain bill um with one a classic german style yeast strain uh pilsner uh lager strain and the other one i fermented it with uh, a britannomyces bruxellensis so, you know, as funky, fruity, bizarre as possible, no temperature control at all, um, <laughs> and just go for it. Um, so it's pretty cool to see that they taste nothing alike and get two beers at uh, one brew. So the, the first one we're drinking is the just the, the Pilsner? Yeah, so we'll start off a... with a clean one. You know, get the base, taste what it, you know, naturally tastes like as clean as possible. Uh, just as an aside, I think it's really cool that in Athens we have three breweries that like to play with funk. Uh, we're all doing sour beers. We're all doing Brett beers. We've got barrel programs. Um, you know, that's just this new dimension of craft brewing or newer dimension of craft brewing. And it's really cool to have people that, you know, not only want to make really nice tasting, clean, fresh draft beer, but also to get into these wackier styles that uh tend to have a little bit more magic and um just artwork behind them i guess and it's it's fun to see because 
you know, aside from Jackie O's, who's been around what seems like forever, especially you know, yeah, ten years to, down to somebody now. somebody like me, you know, I, you know, I as as long as I've known, there's been craft breweries. So it's it's a place like Jackie O's that's just kind of been around the whole time. Um, but other than that, like this, this is a very young beer community. I mean, both of you guys have been, you guys are just, just getting started in the grand Barely scheme of here. things. And to know that you guys are, are already, you know, playing with those funky flavors and barrels and, 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 and uh, photos and that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's humbling to see and to, to, to know that like, you don't have to, you don't have to be a brewery that's been around for that long to to play with that kind of stuff and like you can you can dive into this and if you have some kind of passion and some kind of drive for some kind of vision that you have that you can you can you can create some really cool stuff which um i, I want to dive into this and taste it but you know just you're talking about little fish uh, being there earlier and then and, and really you know working through the the stuff that's on tap it, there's some really 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 cool stuff that's being made in the city that I, I again, I'm excited to try more but well thanks and um, yeah I mean just to bring it back to the beer I mean this is a really nice clean tasting Pilsner what is I'm, this one called uh, it's called pop and Pilsner pop and Pilsner it's it's clean and floral and it has that um, that kind of that 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 softness that I like out of a Pilsner that doesn't um, there, there, there's not that, that bite that a lot yeah. of stuff has you must have dis- used uh, distilled or RO water and not the Athens, Ohio tap water <laughs> no I Correct. saw that fracking water that gets in here makes it super clean uh, flavorful <laughs> oh nice yeah <laughs> So the, uh, the it's the extra salinity from the brine? Oh, it must be, yeah, okay. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink that stuff, guys. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I just uh, uh, charcoal filter my beer and or my water, and that's it. So it's pretty much just straight Athens water. We have a weird water source here. It's uh, high in bicarbonate but low in the other minerals. Um, so it's really good for dark beers, for... Light Pilsner, multi beers. It's a little odd, but uh, it seems to actually work out pretty well for this one. Yeah, we tend to have to fight uh, our pH on the lower uh, or on the uh, lighter beers. You know, we're adding um, calcium and also lactic acid to pretty much every single light beer that we make. Um, Lactic acid for pH adjustment as opposed to flavor. Yep. Yeah, I use phosphoric acid to almost every single beer I make. That's that's it. There's probably a, a whole show on water treatment that we could probably do because it's it's well it's you you talk to breweries and you hear about um, what part of town they they decide to open up in and why they do that and and, and this water versus that water and how they treat that and um, we've we've talked to people who talk about how much treatment they put into water for this beer versus that beer and it's you know it, it's one of those topics that I couldn't even begin to understand that it's for much smarter people other than myself but um, I get I do get some kind of a minerally quality out of this too which which I kind of like almost a, like a Dortmundery kind of um, kind of earthiness I guess I suppose that's a little bit closer to what our water source would you know, lend itself towards. So that makes sense. 
Yeah, actually, I'm a little bit surprised how much hop character came through because I didn't really add that much late addition at all, and I expected to have to dry hop it to get some more hop character, but somehow it, it actually came through in this one. Maybe just because it's so light. It's good. sometimes the for me, you know, I like the light beers too. You don't have as much stuff going on in there. I like showcasing those little things, be it hops or, or yeast or, or you know the, the water, even you know things like that. It's it's fun to play with. Yeah, the more simple the beer, the less the less there is to hide behind. Right. Which, um, you know, it, you see a lot of startup breweries that that roll out you know a bunch of big dark beers and a bunch of big hoppy beers and stuff and you kind of wonder you know, are, you, are you trying to hide something or are you and so it's it's refreshing to see you, you know all around in the city to see all these breweries putting out a pilsner and and you know things like that it's and it, it's fun to see uh, that's another thing is that we all three breweries play with lagers too and yeah. that's not something that you see a lot um, they're harder to brew and they take longer so that means you you know kind of make less money per tank right. so um, and I, I like to see that we're all committed to at least making some lagers because they're just a beautiful style of beer and they're not as appreciated by a certain a certain segment of craft beer drinkers um, just think lagers, oh, blah, boring beers. Nah, they're super intricate, super exciting beers that are really effing hard to make. <laughs> I'm not drinking that. I'm not drinking that warm Dale's Pale Ale on the back of Seth's truck. <laughs> Whoever drops the first F-bomb has to drink that. So Anyway, we love lagers, so that's Friday, cool. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's... Let's take a quick break. Um, we'll drink our beers in front of us, and then we'll dig into this next one here. Um, so we'll be back on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, this is Mike Alberov from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there, and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap." But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. And we're back from Athens. 
not even Cincy Brewcast this week. We are Athens Brewcast, I guess. I, we need to come up with a, a better name, I guess. Um, we're at Devil's Kettle. We're drinking beer. We're talking about Ohio Brew Week and everything that that means for not only Athens, but for Cincinnati, for Columbus, for Dayton, for Ohio as a whole, for this, this beer community that just keeps growing and keeps evolving and keeps changing and um, makes people like me exist. So we're, we're in the middle of drinking. We drank the Poppin' Pilsner, and now I think we need to dig into the, the, the funky side of it. The, what is this one called? This one is called Devil's Dew. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I misnamed it. Um, I was going to call it Goat Mower, uh, which I think was a much better name. But somehow I forgot about that name when I emailed um, Ohio Brew Week for the official list of my beers. And so I was like, damn, I got to stick with. I mean, we can change Devil's that Dew. if you want. Yeah, I mean, I'd... That's never too late. Uh, I think probably my, uh, my next uh, weird beer that comes off of this Brett pitch is just going to be called Goat Mower. Uh, I'll just save it. Because that one will be a much bigger. I just got a small pitch of yeast, and it's a small, like, small batch right now, and I'll have a much bigger batch, and Goat Mower will be around for a while. Uh, and Goat Mower, uh, is there a story behind that? I don't know if I want to know the story well, behind no, that. Well, no, it's, uh, <laughs> so, you know, go one of two ways. <laughs> people make, like, lawnmower beers, and it's like, and so they're for uh, riding your lawnmower, and you can still drink while riding your lawnmower. Well, instead of riding your lawnmower and drinking a beer, just rent a goat. Have a goat like mow the lawn for you, and you can just yeah. kick back and drink this funky beer. Make a day of it. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah. Just, who cares how drunk you are? As long as that goat's eating your lawn, it's all good. Welcome to Athens. You said, <laughs> you said we just goatsy. captured the, the essence of Athens yes. County. Yeah, like, we're pretty goaty here. It's like Norwood. Yeah. <laughs> all of our all of our Cincinnati fans will appreciate the Norwood joke. I I, I get so it, it, it puts me so out of place here because I can I can make Cincinnati jokes and, and nobody understands it and they, there's nobody people in this room can't even hear us right now because we don't have any speakers because half of our equipment didn't show up yeah. so nobody gets my jokes nobody laughs at my jokes nobody's even looking at me right now like I'm just sitting in a room. Talking to you guys. Maybe if you Cincinnati just give jokes. us a sign when you want us to laugh, is, like just ooh, do your hat like, brim. Like, like a laugh sign, yeah, just <laughs> hat brim it. You know, um, this is nice and funky, right? I haven't tasted it yet, but I smelled it, and it definitely smells funky in in a very good way. Yeah, it's yeah, clearly a Brett beer. It's it's uh, not going to be uh, mistaken for a cleaner ale or even a Belgian ale. I think. Yeah, there's this uh, really nice, like, tangerine grapefruit thing on the nose. Yeah, I actually get more of the funk in the nose than I do in the flavor. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The flavor is just kind of, like, tart and crisp, but the nose is pretty funky. Yeah, that's fantastic. It does smell funkier than taste. And talking about the the, the lawnmower beer kind of thing, like, it does kind of fit into that where... It kind of gives you that 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 craft beer boner where you can smell it, you can you can you get something from it, but then you can drink a whole bunch. Of, what is the ABV on this? Uh, yeah, I, it's probably right around five one. Is my guess. You can you can, you can oh, honestly. I, I took the uh, the final gravity on the Pilsner and I finished up at five, and I I just kegged this one up this morning, and I didn't even take the final gravity. And it it tastes about five one. I had to I had to push it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, 
I figure maybe it's a little bit drier than the uh, the Pilsner, but I don't know. But it uh, does it it does taste like you can drink quite a few of these and still kind of keep your the, keep uh, your lines straight while you're mowing the grass. The uh, the true farmhouse beer where you don't have a lawnmower, your goats mow your lawn. <laughs> That's right. So that's <laughs> oh, good call. True farmhouse yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much does pushing those boundaries as far as throwing funky stuff in there and just seeing what happens. How much does that drive what you guys do versus traditional styles? Because that's one thing that I've kind of noticed with all three of you guys is that you guys have some really crazy stuff that, you know, you got the, 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 the off the, the, the wall barrel-aged stuff at Jackie O's. There's some, some really crazy barrel-aged stuff and some, some farmhouse stuff going on at Little Fish. And then you guys with the, the bread and the, the, there's it seems like there's there's both ends of the spectrum at every place I've been to today. And how much does where do you um, if what is the, what is the drive as far as traditional versus just just messing with it? If we didn't get weird with it, we would be doing Athens a disservice. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> we're we're I, some odd ducks. Keep down Athens here. weird. I, well, I, yeah. I, I read I read an article on um, Good Beer Hunting. With, uh, oh yeah, about they did a fantastic there was, job. There with was that. there was a little quote in there from from Brad that said that the, those core beers, you know, the stuff you see in cans, that's the same kind of core styles that we've been doing since we were a '90s brew pub. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the the rye and you've got the fruited wheat and the IPA, and you know, it, it, it still kind of fits into that thing. And that's that they're, they're all wonderful, but then you look at this other stuff that that creates these big waves back in Cincinnati, and it's it, it, it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So it's like it's almost like these these multiple personalities with breweries, where you see those the, you see those traditional styles, and then you see this 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 wacky weird, and I don't want to call it weird because it's almost normal now, but this 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 other side of beer. Well, you can go all the way down the rabbit hole with any style of beer. I, I don't like it when brewers say, well, the core stuff keeps the lights on so that we can do these barrel projects. Um, since I'm head production brewer, I've been going absolutely all the way down the rabbit hole with all of the, the can and keg stuff that right. sees major distro. Just uh, We've been brewing them for a while, so just trying to knock the burrs off the edges and really polish those things. And then, so that's, that's one sided or one part of your brain. But then you've got all the weird, funky, wild stuff on the other side, which is like a, a totally different part of your brain. With the core beer, what you're trying to do is wrestle Saccharomyces beer into doing what you want it to do. Right. Where you're trying to make that beer go a certain way. But then with wild beer, Britannomyces, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, wood, age, time you have to be very submissive to it. You have to be submissive to the process with that beer and let it do what it needs to do in order to get to, to become good beer. So that's the really fulfilling thing is to see both sides of the card. I, I'm just I'm really interested in that that balance between the two of, of of fighting to create something and fighting to let something create itself and like mm-hmm. and, and seeing those those two sides and I, you know, we definitely have breweries that are doing it in Cincinnati, but you don't, you don't see a lot of breweries that are that are sitting right in the middle of both of those. You either are kind of leaning one way or leaning the other way, in in my opinion. And I'm sorry for anybody that's going to get pissed off about me saying that, but I, you know, I don't see a lot of places that are 
sitting right in the middle of that. And all three of you guys seem to kind of be sitting right in the middle of that to me. And that's is that because it's just the three of you guys here in town, or is that just is is that a conscious thing, or is that? Well, I mean, I would say for for starters, you know, um, you know, these things aren't mutually exclusive. You know, you can. You can you can love the crazy wacky stuff. You can love the wild stuff, and still just really dig drinking a well crafted hoppy pale ale or uh, or what have you. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess the other but thing I wanted to say was way out west where I'm from, we we go to one brewery for one, and we go to another brewery for another. Like it's just it's it's. And I, I don't know if there's an answer for it or if sure. it's actually a question or not, but it, it's it's fascinating to me see here that you don't have to necessarily do that. I can pull up to any one of these breweries and get kind of everything. They get, I well, mean, I um, have to assume that Jack Yost is just an inspiration for all of it. I mean, Sean has a long brewing background, which he brought to Jack Yost as the pub brewer, but, you know... Pub brewer, like you brewed so many crazy awesome things there, and I come from a homebrew background where you know you could really screw around when you're only doing five five gallon batches that cost you thirty to forty dollars at a time. Right. Um, and so I think we kind of like reflect those kind of values that we learned just experimenting when we were younger, um, and don't want to just be pumping out the same old beers all the time. That's kind of boring to us right yeah i i guess um in response to your question or comment um you know i think it makes sense for breweries to have a niche like this is this is their identity like say for our brewery we're very passionate about the saisons the farmhouse ales and the barrel aged funky and sour beers that's if we could only brew one thing that would be what we brew but we don't have to only brew one thing. Why would we? Why would we do that to ourselves? Why would I? Why would I hobble myself, shackle myself to this identity? Like, we can do whatever we want, and and that's everybody here at this table. We can do whatever we want. Um, you know, I think it's really cool. You know, when brewery. You know, I don't know. I, there's there's room for people to do to make their brewery whatever they want it to be. Um, some places only brew sours, and that's awesome. But personally, I couldn't bring I couldn't drink sours every single day as my only beer. <laughs> no. And I don't want to I don't want to brew that. So, that's where we're at. It's it's it, like I said, it's it's fun to see how different Athens is to Cincinnati and yet how how much Athens as far as a beer scene kind of wraps up Cincinnati as a beer scene and, and crams it into these three breweries and this this collection of bars, you know, right there in town. Like it's just it's it's fun to see. Um where do you guys see Athens in the future? Like in the next three years, what do you see the the, the beer scene? Do you see it kind of just developing kind of how it is? Do you see if you talk to somebody you know, back in Cincinnati, you you say, "Well, where, how do you see the beer scene?" It's like, "Well, there's going to be more breweries. There's going to be, you know, ten more breweries that are opening in the next year, and you know, three more right down the street, right there that are that are in planning right now that own that building and that building and that building." It's what what is that kind of outlook here? I definitely hope that we have more breweries. I will continue to grow this thing. It's the fantastic thing about having uh, the tremendous student population here is that these people come to drinking age in this place and due to 
per capita the amount of breweries that we have here and the right. exposure not only are they getting an education and whatever major they get but by pretty much osmosis those people are going to wind up drinking craft beer whether they like it or not yep yeah and if, not when they're like 18 19 but you know once yeah. they're like 22 like not even when they're 21 <laughs> 21 is the year for like cheap vodka shots and then they just like i'm tired of vomiting i'm gonna drink something that's delicious hey has anybody thought about doing a craft beer riff off of vodka shots because i mean i that might be a big opening i've never seen a red bull vodka beer yet but But what is the uh the craft beer version of a vodka shot just like i I think it's taking you like pure beef gelatin and like putting in an imperial stout and just corking them down Damn, I I, I'm I'm thirsty right now. <laughs> yeah, do you guys want to open a Jackie O's bottle? Why not? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Speaking of uh, vodka shots. <laughs> so where do we want to go? Do we want to go Imperial Stout? Do we want to go Wild Ale? Sean, do you want to drink a beer that you probably brewed? I don't think I brewed that, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> um, you guide us. I don't know. Let's do Stout. How's that sound? All right. Yes. We'll switch it up a little bit. Um, So this is a beer. Hello, Cincinnati. Uh, This is a collaboration we did with Quaff Brothers. So uh, these guys kicked us some really fun, uh, a bunch of really wacky bourbon barrels. It's like Russell's Reserve, 1792, Whistle Pig. Um, Ooh. I think there was a Blanton's Barrel in there. I can't remember because it's been so long ago. But uh, So we took Dark Apparition, our Imperial Stout, and Oil of Aphrodite, our Imperial Stout, with walnuts and Belgian candy syrup, and then aged them in all these wacky barrels. The Quaff Brothers guys came down. We did a couple blending sessions to figure out what the flavor profile of the beer was going to wind up being. So then uh, we just packaged this uh, a couple months ago. And I didn't know how many people we had, so I brought two. It flew off the shelves in Cincinnati. Like this was one that I that I missed getting a bottle of. And actually, when we were at the the brew pub sitting there having lunch, um, my wife, who so generously drove me today and has been driving my drunk ass around all day, <laughs> she said, "Oh, do you want to do you want to grab a bottle before we go?" And I said, "Oh yeah, you know, I got to get that because I you know I missed it when I was there." And then we forgot when we were sitting there, so I'm glad we're getting to drink it now. Yeah. Here's to wives that That's drive right. us around. God, oh, God yeah. bless my wife. I gotta get yes. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Girlfriends are good enough Bet- for now. Between you and me, it's not really all it's cut out to be. She can't hear me right now because we don't have speakers set up, so I can tell you that. The best I hope she ad- doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't think she does. So the best advice anybody ever gave to me, my, my stepdad sat me down one day and he said, look, what you need to know about women is that they're all crazy. Every single one of them. It's just a matter of to what degree. And it's 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 been pretty hey, true so far. We're all weird, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, women have a monopoly on that. Okay, let's drink it. So I'm, I'm pouring into the same glass as that Brett beer. So mm-hmm. I'll oh, let a rinse water. Oh, if you yeah, want some. some rinse water. I want to pour it over. Yeah, like right you need a rinse water going from Pilsner to Imperial Stout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you already, you already got from poured. a Brett Pilsner. Oh yeah, that's right. I use a different cup cup for that. Smells so good. It smells yeah, like that's chewy. What's this again? Keebler chocolate graham crackers. <laughs> Feels like my nose is chewing it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's maybe a little fusel on the nose, which should calm down with a couple months in the bottle, but But yeah. 
Vampiro Stout, Boost Mills Font. Jesus, yeah, eleven nine. <laughs> that's probably going to change once the law changes. That's, and that's a, that's <laughs> that's a good question too. Like when anytime we've been talking about the law changing, and, and the, you know we we've got triple digit who loves to do their 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 big beers, and then. The second name that pops up in everybody's mouth is Jackie O's. What is Jackie O's going to do once they can do whatever they want, basically? We'll go big. Is is there something in the works that we can talk about? or Possibly. So do you understand the law? Like, are we allowed? Like, what's allowed right now? We're, the, ce- <laughs> the ceiling is 12, as it stands. You're not then, allowed to, but do you right know when now, the time changes? December. December, if I'm not okay. mistaken, I don't know. From from what I understood, at one time you're not even allowed to to make it. Right now, it's not allowed to exist in your brewery if it's above twelve percent. Right, and no one in Ohio has brewed a twelve percent or over beer right. yet. Just not sitting yet. on it, waiting for that law to and change. And that's how many barrels are sitting around but people's breweries? They might pop up real it, fast it, after that law changes. A, such a goofy law. Yeah, I think uh, Brewdog is probably going to open in December. <laughs> well, that's and that's yeah. when when. When we heard that they were for sure coming here, it was kind of like, well, I guess the law is going to change. I guess we all know now that it's going to pass. And it's it's interesting to see kind of how all that side of stuff works. And but I heard a little rumble that you still can't legally do ice distillation of beer in Ohio. I think what? it's as much as you can naturally ferment. Gotcha. Which, you know, is probably max 25 if you're doing some insane distiller's yeast with lots of sugar. Yeah, well, I'm, that's, I'm, that's interesting. Whatever day we figure out that that law that the cap is lifted, we should call that uh, the state stuck mash day. <laughs> <laughs> Every mash ton in Ohio is going to be filled to the brim on that day. Yes, many brewers will be leaving at eleven thirty at night from the <laughs> brewery. <laughs> this is so. This it's not as hot as I thought it was going to be. It actually comes off kind of, um, kind of sweet to me. Mm-hmm. The heat hits you in the belly and not in the throat, That's or what the, she the said. warmth. It might Did have she... my favorite label of any Jackio's bottle too. Yeah, great name. Yeah. It's uh, can we because people can't see it. It's basically a bunch of beer geeks hanging outside of Jackio's, uh, <laughs> waiting to get inside for the full allotment. It's Stack, awesome. Stacking cases on top of the yeah. uh, on top of the station wagon. It includes splinter. Well, we got I, and and I, don't, I don't know what your bottle releases are like here, mm-hmm. but I know that you know I, I live around the corner from Jungle Gyms, which is a for anybody who might be listening to this doesn't live in, in Cincinnati. It's a big beer store. Yeah. When there's a Jackie O's bottle day, like you've got. You have to be there when the bottle's being put on the shelf, or else you're not going to get one unless you know somebody that can, might be able to hide one or something. But um, uh, what is what is bottle releases like? We've done bottle releases a lot of different ways over the years. Um, so when we were just the brew pub and we were just releasing beers out of there, it was uh, Brad Nort somehow worked up this ingenious system as to how to do it. So the Friday before the bottle release, the bottle release would be at 11 a.m. on Saturday, they'd take a page-a-day calendar, and they'd Brad would sit out front of the brew pub and hand out calendar pages. Right. So January 1st is the first person to get their bottles. And then January 2nd, and there was one year we went through 
we went through two calendar pages one year, or two <laughs> two calendars, didn't we, Sean? Um, geez, I don't know if I was there for that one. That sounds pretty extreme. I don't remember making it through more than one. Yeah, but uh, it's it's an event. I mean, those bottle releases but were. How do you wow. guys do it at Littlefish? Um, we have only released one beer so far that had a small number of of right. bottles, and we. Actually, I brought a bottle of it tonight, so we can talk about it a little bit later. But, you know, we typically release, like, um, you know, a 1,000 bottles. So we just let people come and buy some beer, you know. But, and but even that, like, it, like it, and I know that we're sitting here in Athens, but it's hard to get your beer. Like, we have to drive over to Loveland and go to Cappy's and, and, and hope that there's some left when there's when they talk about having one of your beers. Like, it's... I, this, the, I, I don't know. This is this is a very hard kind of thing to bridge between the two, between Athens and Cincinnati and Cincy Brewcast, and try to understand you know the, the the different things. It's 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 crazy to see how you've got bottles sitting in the tap room over at Jackie O's that flew off the shelves in Cincinnati that people would. would yeah, pay me good money to grab a bottle right now. Come down to Athens, and, We'd love and the to same have you. thing at, 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 at Littlefish. There's there's bottles just sitting there in the tap room that people would trade, God knows what, for me to just grab a bottle right now because they're right there. And like it's 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 so crazy. To me. Like what? Why? If, why are people not making that little drive? Yeah, if you have the opportunity to come to Athens, come here. Stay at a hotel. Go out to a restaurant. Come down to come down to Devil's Kettle. Go out to Littlefish. What restaurant do we go to? Jack Hughes. No, yeah, right? That's pizza. I thought it was like a law you had to go to the Casa. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it is. Casa it is law. Is like um, go to the Casa, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Go to where? The Casa. Casa Nueva. Nueva. Worker-owned uh, Mexican food. Mexican in very loose quotation marks. As hippie food that looks like Mexican food. But it's, it's really good. It's very yummy. <laughs> But if you want a pizza, sunny. go to Jack Yo's, get the uh, pesto with pepperoni. Strike. Oh, no. Oh, pesto with oh, pepperoni. That, that white sauce at Jack Yo's. <laughs> but to get back to bottle releases, uh, the person that has come down that has either taken time off work or for some reason they don't work on Wednesdays, which good on you. Um, the person that's driven all the way down here. Oh, that the is, best people take off. Yeah, that is, that is forking over their hard-earned money because... You could, like, thank you for coming down and buying our beer because you could totally just not do that. Sure. And, yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier, Seth, about, like, how I think, you know, probably a lot of people at this table are people that spend money on experiences. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're not sitting on, uh, you know, luxury cars and all that stuff. But, you know, we spent, like, an, inordin- an inordinate amount on beer. I don't ever want to see that my... <laughs> My <laughs> lifelong beer tab. It's I don't not, want to know that not information. About it. Ignorance is bliss. But food, beer, you know, nice vacation, travel, you know, those are the things that, that you're going to look back on, you know, when you get older and, and remember for your life. So, you know, yes, that's, that's my philosophy, I guess. Yeah. But if you run a bottle release, if that person comes all the way down here and is spending their time and their money in this place, they should never have to suffer to get beer that's 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 the best way to put it yeah they shouldn't have to suffer for it they've driven all the way here they're spending their money make it easy for them like 
don't make the line go up around the corner. Right. What Art and Brad have always tried to do is try to make lines short, make throughput easy, and make sure people get their beer and enjoy themselves. If you're standing in a line outside of whatever brewery in the rain and there's a chance that you don't get a bottle, there's something wrong with that process. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of ways to skin a cat when it comes to running a beer release, but I am in awe of how well Art and Brad have run the bottle releases over the years. Word. I need to come up here for one, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know how they did it, and because uh, I've noticed that they used to shrink, or they have shrunk. They used to be insane when they were just uptown, and uh, yeah. now that you've spilled the beans, if I start bottling some of my beers, I'm probably going to do it like that, because... Well, that's kind of brilliant. We um, we've kind of got breweries all across the board that are doing things very different ways, and um, the, the the online pre order kind of system that some of them have set up has been wonderful for people who do work during the week and or even on weekends. You know, just to be be able to just jump on your computer, grab your bottle, say, "Hey, I'm going to be here. Here, I'm paying for it now." Just set it aside for me. And then you can come that weekend whenever you show up has been wonderful for, for, for some of us, I know. So it's, it's, it's neat to see how different places are kind of doing that, and especially as you grow and how you have stuff that um, people are clamoring for to see how you yeah. deal with that. I couldn't imagine trying to do or trying to orchestrate a bottle release in a place with high population density right. like Cincy or Columbus there are folks out there, breweries out there, that do it and do it really well. They have and I, I commend them for that. We don't know about this. I think there's there's okay. like Since two or three breweries. In, no, no. There's <laughs> a very rich brewing scene in Columbus. Um, but the folks that can do it and do it well in a place with high population density, is there's a lot of respect had for those people. We have a relatively low population density down here. We don't have a lot of people. Uh, we have a lot of deer. Yeah. <laughs> Squirrels. <laughs> Let's... Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Let's yeah. drink more beer. Um, we'll get back at it. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, hi. This is Peanut from 8-Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, fans. I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. Hi, this is Evan Rouse from Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast, and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. 
You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft in Athens. Um, so we're drinking a whole bunch of beer and we're talking about Ohio Brew Week. What next, guys? Um, what is next for Ohio Brew Week? How does this grow? How does this become something bigger? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, somebody else, I mean, I've obviously been doing a lot of interviews this week just because I'm the exec director, so. Some reason people want to talk to me as if I'm the holy grail of you know craft beer in Athens. What's next for Ohio exactly. beer? <laughs> yeah, you know. um, but anyway, I, I can tell you, you know, from so this is my first year. Um, what I'd like to see, I mean, you know, craft beer uh, has exploded, as everybody knows. I'm from Athens, uh, so I've seen. I remember Hoolies, I remember Jackios, you know. So I, I've seen it. Um, an example of something, you know, 12 years, 15 years ago. Um, I just got married here in Athens, you know, two weeks ago, and you know, some of the, the beer options was Jack Yo's. <laughs> Pardon me, uh, Sean's just returned to the show. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> He's made his presence felt. Beer, uh, bull in a china shop. <laughs> a beer in a china shop. Uh, but what, what was interesting is, uh, so I got married at uh, Baker Center, which is the uh, Baker Center Ball, which is the student union. Uh, and, you know, Jackie O's was one of the choices that you could have as, you know, one of your choices of beer. It was Miller Lite, Budweiser, blah, 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 and then craft beer with, like, Elevator and Jackie O's. Um, that's awesome. You know, you wouldn't expect that, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, really, anywhere. Um, so, but with that, the explosion, people keep talking about, you know, uh, it's, it, we've plateaued, you know, it's, it's popped or whatever. It's going to keep going. I don't know. Whatever the answer is, it doesn't matter. But uh, one of the things I want to see with Ohio Brew Week is – that growth we were talking about this before uh with events you know uh we can only get so many people here trying beer uh you know the, all the all the, the craft beer enthusiasts are here enjoying the beers and whatnot uh we want to get people who don't know anything about craft beer i right. mean that, that that's you know and, and getting more events you know great yeah you know 39 beers you know 30, 39 brewers on tap i don't drink craft beer i don't care you know like we that's not exciting to people who don't drink craft beer I feel like, but, you know, now you, you're seeing these names, you know, you're seeing Little Fish, you're seeing Devil's Kettle, you're seeing Jackie O's, um, people associate, hey, that's quality. You know, I mean, one of the things I was talking about with, with everybody was, it's awesome for my job to be able to talk about these brewers in a positive light because everybody here is great. You know, I don't have to say, well, yeah, Devil's Kettle is great because it's Athens and not really, they're not good. You know, everyone here is awesome. You know, right. in the first year, they're just crushing it. You know, they're everywhere and then the beers are great. You know, I have, I have a friend who's a home brew, uh, competition judge and he talks about everybody you know just they're awesome you know so that's you know for me i just want to see more events we're talking about your bottle releases during the week i would love to see more things happen during the week i can't put any more events for ohio brew week on the weekends you know everybody wants to come to athens on saturday you know we're going to have you know four thousand people here next week for last call or six thousand i don't know what it's going to be 
Um, but it'd be awesome to see, you know, something real special on, you know, Wednesday so people can travel. You know, maybe you have a day off, maybe you have a, a weekend job, and then you have, you know, Monday and Tuesday off. You come to Athens and you have something going on. That's not just, you know, meet the brewer. It's something special that, you know, people want to come and see. And, you know, Athens is, you know, one of the original week-long brew festivals. I want to see it, you know, uh, not just peak after 15 years and then go away because craft beer is just whatever you know i want to see it become something different we're talking about maybe doing a you know some sort of fundraiser or, or something that's not focused on the beer but it's connected to craft beer right you know, we're already bringing so many people here let's harness that energy and do something you know super pop i mean athens is funky and weird we always come up with something different you know you're, that you're not going to see anywhere else and i feel like with the people at this table we can figure out something that hey we've got these people Let's do this. You know, like, I would never have thought to do that. You know, like you might not even Used have crap here. What's that? Used to wrestling. Exactly. You know, maybe we have just a giant. We've, we've got the, the fairgrounds. We've got space. We can make it happen. We have teams. You know, we can, we can make it happen. You know, so. We've always talked about the concept of, uh, like, doing a Brewers Olympics. Oh, yeah. Of we get folks from every brewery. Oh, that'd like, be fun. How fast can you roll a full barrel from here to there? Uh, the uh, the triclamp gasket ring toss. Well, this was a thing out in Portland. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I was really? in Portland, you know, before I came to Athens, and uh, I didn't attend the Brewers Olympics, but there were Brewers Olympics, and uh, people had a lot of fun. You failed the drug test? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, I'm a wuss. But I know one of them <laughs> is you juicing. have to take like a really big, full German beer stein, and you just hold it out at arm's length for as long as possible and yeah. um there's this this guy jamie from hopworks like always wins because oh, he's yeah. he's built like a dwarf on steroids basically <laughs> um so anyways there's a lot of fun to be had you know keg tosses and all that hey yeah let's uh i think that that truly fits in with uh sort of the appalachian vibe we have going on here you know i think there's there's a market for this, you know. <laughs> I want to roll a keg all the way from my brewery to Little Fish over to yes, uh, Jackie O's on the bike path. <laughs> yes, which will be finished in October. So next year for Brew Week, we're gonna do a keg roll contest well, all the way. That's oh. what's cool. You guys can like take your 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 beer community and like you can put it on like this this small map and like say well yeah you, you can roll a keg from here to here to here and like you could do that <laughs> like, like yeah there's, so uh, there's so, some really cool stuff you guys could do so at the moment um jackie o's is right off the right off the bike path at least the jackie o's uh production brewery and tap room right uh, little fish is right off the bike path and by october the spur that will go to columbus road and connect devil's kettle right to the bike path will be finished so we're looking at doing Athens bike brewery maps, you know, really promoting yeah, so bicycle culture that. and sustainability. I mean, you know, you have a few beers, you get on your bike and you wreck. Like, who did you hurt? Like, you hurt yourself. <laughs> you know, you, you scraped your knee. You know, you broke your you broke your wrist. Whatever. You know, it's okay. Let's we, have another beer. Let's have yeah, another yeah beer. let's drink some more beer. Let's okay. let's do another Jackie. So we are about to open a bottle of Evelyn. Um, Evelyn is a, a sour brown ale they make up at the brew pub. Um, so this isn't brewed at the production facility. This is a, a one barrel at a time sort of beer. Sour brown ale in neutral oak barrels with raspberries added. Um, it's just a lovely, lovely thing. We just had a the bottle release of 
Party. Nice uh, pop. Sounds good. Yeah, it's got some snap behind it. Um, just released this for a little bottle sale uh, out of the tap room, and uh, I just think this is an absolutely gorgeous beer. I love the um, the artwork on the bottle too. Pop art, raspberry. Yeah. It's like an Andy Warhol, uh, uh, oh, Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> raspberry. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Exactly. I was about to say Marilyn Manson. I was like, that's not right. Wait, that's not what right. am I looking for? <laughs> that's the other one. Not him. Her. <laughs> mm. So I believe this was bottled in either January or February. And it sat around for a while for us to figure out the appropriate time to uh, release it with figuring out things at the production brewery Smells without doing good. a full bore uh, brew pub bottle release. Um this was released a little over a month ago. So it's been a long time. I think it was 18 months in the barrel. And then about five, six months in the bottle. So uh, it's definitely had some time to grow up. And they're drinking, uh, in my opinion, really, really lovely right now. Yeah, there's still some serious fruit, but it's not sweet. or It's really nice with the sourness. I haven't tasted it yet, but aroma, I get all that, that, that berry kind of mm-hmm. fruitiness. It smells a lot jammier than it tastes. Which is nice. And I this, mean, is I like a, that. this is a Jackie O's standard in a way. I mean, this beer yeah. has been around for a long time. I think it was one of Brad's earlier, yeah. earlier sour creations. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's almost, um, I don't want to call it easy, but it's common to see people do these sours that are like this real kind of, this fruity bite almost and this doesn't have that bite to it it's it's real well-rounded and kind that's, of that's smoothed out that, a little bit and it's that i sort of worry about with sour beer is uh if y'all remember what i call the ibu wars of yeah. about five years yeah. ago of just really pushing ibu and who had the most bitter beer and now i've seen a lot of brewers strive to do the most acidic beer and i'm gonna get shit for this but it's it's sour but it's not tart mm-hmm if that makes any sense yeah. at all, like it, it doesn't have that 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 punch to it, which um, I think everybody kind of is which shooting there, for anymore. There's room for very very acidic beers, and there's room for beers that are very Britannomyces driven with not a lot of or no lacto presence. Oh my it. god, this is good. That's been the tough thing to nail down lately. Yeah, it's a great beer. Fantastic beer. Yeah, it is. Sean, did you go to the uh, the Sour Open Forum at CBC this year? Yeah, you were there. The one that was all about what do we call sour beers? Was it that one? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was intense. There were some heavy hitters that got yeah. up there. But what, what we're struggling with right now is what is a sour beer and what do we call this thing as it stands? Because a lot of beers have Britannomyces in them, so the yeast that makes beer funky to really generalize that but it doesn't have the bacterium lactobacillus or pediococcus that lowers the ph and makes beer sour so like people will have a beer like orval like i i can't remember where i was but i was at a place that had orval in bottles which is a, a trappist beer that's very britannomyces forward and it was under the subheading of sour beer if you were to try an orval it's absolutely not sour at all so we stand at a at a really interesting crossroads as to as to how we label these beers appropriately. And also, there was the point brought up that 
that basically um, some of the shorter turnaround sours, the kettle sours and the sour mashes, uh, because they're being called sours, um, it kind of dilutes the value Complexity. of the longer barrel-aged sours. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they're even be s being sold for around the same price point as the serious barrel-aged sours that, I mean, it's gosh, a, like, a good I point. can't even explain the amount of work, I, time, patience, I, I, thought that goes behind these beers, you know? One of our... Rivertown. I mean, they are opening a new brewery and they uh, production facility up in Monroe. Of you know, I, again, I feel like I'm talking to people who have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, they is that by Kentucky? Uh, I, somewhere near Kentucky. <laughs> it's around there. They um, for their groundbreaking of their new facility, they pulled out a bottle of their 2009, 2010, 2000, 2009 lambic that they had sitting around. So this is barrel aged sour that's then been sitting in a bottle for however many years that is. Somebody help me with my math, but um, you know, it there's gotta be some kind of respect for people that are doing something like that versus somebody that's dumping a bunch of, you know, food grade lacto into their beer. Like it it, it there's there's this big scale of even sour too. Not just the funk versus the sour versus the the other stuff. Like it, 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 I don't know. There's 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 a scale of where we're at as and, far and as funk and sour anymore. There's a big debate over like what has value because I've had really fan. I've had really good kettle sours. Absolutely. There's folks out there that are yeah. darn good at making kettle sours. But this, I saw a T-shirt online the other day that said "Death to kettle sours." But like, it's, wow. it's it's upsetting because you know this this lambic that was well aged and and, and and delicious. It wasn't sour anymore. It didn't it didn't like have that bite to it. It was real fruity and real like it it it, it changed as far as what it was. But it's definitely still a. A sour beer in my mind because it's it's still an ambic. You yeah. know, it, it, it. I don't know how you. Do we need to define stuff anymore? Well, I'm curious. Like, that's a what? bigger question. Do I, like why are what, like why are we defining everything and why are we putting everything into these categories and like trying to because you have trying to give to the consumer judge something stuff. to go off of. They it's have a to, shorthand. To, yeah, to it's look at that description and figure out what that flavor profile is going to be. I mean, we all remember the first time that we had our first sour beer. If you were lucky, you had someone that gave you a primer on it. Because if you right. give someone a sour beer that no has primer. no primer on it, like if the bottle just said Evelyn and on the side it didn't say sour brown ale aged in oak barrels, you wouldn't yep. know what you were getting into. So should like, we just well, this be, tastes like a dumpster fire. Should we be yeah. just slapping <laughs> the, 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 the current pH of whatever that beer is up on our boards and saying... Here you go. You know, be know. ready. I have a thought for yes. my takeaway from that sour beer panel that we were talking about is that, well, yeah, it would be great to agree on terms, but there are very difficult terms. Uh, I mean, or, or nomenclature. Um, it's very tricky nomenclature. The main thing is that breweries are transparent with their process, and they're not yep. trying to hide behind right. words err on the side of transparency tell people what you did why not if if you did something awesome you know share it if How you are trying to hide what you did 
there's already something wrong. So, how knowledgeable do you guys find your average customer coming in anymore? Like, if do you still get those average customers? Is a hard thing to pin down. Do you still get a large number of people who are non-craft beer? Well, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll throw an example. I was we were with Little Fish earlier, and it was one of those moments that reminds me why I do what I do and why why craft beer is fun and why it you know we were sitting at the bar and there was a guy that walked up and I don't know why they were in town, but he looked like a uh, you know, some kind of construction comes some kind of like actual man as opposed to me who just you know <laughs> like a like a man <laughs> okay so so he came Man's up man. yeah yeah like a like a guy <laughs> and he came up to the bar and you know he's like oh you know what do you guys have and you know the bartender he said well you know we we make our own beer and he said what do you normally drink which is a good good way to lead it off That's and he said well Bud Light was the answer. And he said, well, I recommend this, and I recommend this. Let me get you a couple samples. And he brought them over, and the first one, he drank it. And he, oh, that's good. You know, he passed it on. And in the second one, which was a smoked Pilsner. And yeah, he drank smoked it. Hellas. Yeah. And he smoked Hellas. And it, it, his eyes lit up, and he said, oh, my God, it tastes like bacon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and to see that excitement from somebody, like to see that, like, you know, like, this is not a craft beer drinker in any any stretch. He's not... He may have had Sam Adams or whatever it may be from here. I, mean, I don't want to judge him for for what he's had or not had, but like, is that is that the norm? Is that how so, how is how is how is the customer base? I mean, I'm sure everyone at the table will tell you it runs the gamut. Right. Um, yeah, that is definitely one side of the spectrum. People that literally. You know, what do you have that's like Bud Light? Um, but, hey, those are potential customers. Those are people to turn on to craft beer. Right. And, you know, if we want the industry to continue to grow as we want it to grow, then every brewery has to be doing their part to include those people and welcome them into the fold. So, yeah, um, you know... When we talk about people, like right now with the with our beer selection as it is, when uh, I talk with the bartenders, um, we talk about you know if people come in and they ask that question, they're they're macro beer drinkers. We say, well, try the pilsner or try the smoked hellas, and uh, the the pilsner is a little hoppier and fuller bodied. The hellas uh, really tastes like a light lager, but it has this nice smoky element, and uh, you know that's. And that's kind of another thing that I've heard people bounce around back and forth is like, um, okay, somebody comes in. Do you give them your lightest offering or do you give them something to really like wow them? Like, holy shit, I've never had anything like this in my life. You know, you could argue either way on that one. Right. I think you got to give them the beer that you brewed the hard way. Yes. <laughs> well, I also feel Whoa. like with the smoked hellas that uh, macro drinkers <laughs> like bacon. So you've got a home run right there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like smoke and, and another and funny that. thing, just complete aside, but like yeah. we brew this uh, smoked hellas with like twenty percent uh, German uh, beechwood smoked malt, and you know it's just funny seeing like the reviews. Like some people are like, "Oh, there's like no smoke at all," and other people are like. Oh my god, my mouth is on fire. <laughs> and you just can't please everybody. No, you it's can't. just, you know, and that's cool. I you know, everybody's reviews. own experience is their own experience, but um, it's just something I've learned about looking at reviews. Oh man, it was hilarious when we that's took a whole uh, other show. 
when we took a smoked beer to Extreme Beer Festival in Boston, I was just like rifling through the untapped page, and it would be like, tastes like breakfast sausage, five stars. Tastes like breakfast sausage, one star. <laughs> yeah. For the record, every beer I've drank today on untapped, I just said shit. It's on my review, just so you guys know. Five stars. <laughs> drain board. The so, drain is my no. face. We're, we're winding down. Keep going on beer. Let's just keep drinking and talking about beers. Yeah, I, didn't you say that? I heard there's some little fish beer. Yeah, like, guys, share some beers. I love can to we, share. Can we crack something? Some yeah, yeah, let's bring some little fish. That uh, like last sip of Evelyn I had though was the best sip. Like that shit beer just gets better. Yeah, I that was a fantastic. Desperately love I this mean, beer. There was and a I lot had of absolutely nothing to do with it. Good job, Sam. <laughs> there was a lot of sour beers that I really like for four or five ounces, but yeah, you know, I'm kind of done after that. This one, I just drank four or five ounces, and I'm like, damn, I want to drink that rest of that bottle. <laughs> it's like a... Um, All right. It's not... It's not... I don't want to say it's not sour, because it is, but it's it, it's like a fruit beer that finishes really dry and mm-hmm. kind of tart on the after. Well, there's taste. no... La- like, it's it, it, uh, it, no it's acetic. Not, yeah, it's it does very lactic, no acetic. A clean, if you could say that, for yeah, sour. Yeah. So, Sean, what did, what did we just open? So, we are drinking a bottle of a beer that we call Estate Number no. 1. Which Good, that will, means I can sell our mine for a while. Which will obviously be the first of a series of estate beers. So, out of Little Fish, we've got a very small amount of green space that we are developing into a farm. And when we got to the property, there were already a couple of apple trees there. So... We pressed some cider from these. Sorry, I'm pouring a beer as I'm talking. It's uh, so completely acceptable on the show. We, we pressed the cider out of those apples, and we added those apples into a barrel of our first ever batch of Cezanne. And so we, we do this uh, Cezanne du Poisson is our house Cezanne. It's brewed with barley and one third of it is Ohio grown spelt and so this was our first ever batch of Cezanne it was aged for one year in a Chardonnay barrel with Britannomyces all of our barrel aged beers have some level of Britannomyces and or Lactobacillus or PDO Uh, it also has these apples and um, I believe it, it really makes it like a sort of nice dry whiny sort of beer um that's my take on it we this is literally one barrel one oak barrel of beer so we only have 200 bottles and we probably have like less than a hundred left at the moment do you bottle condition the bottles uh we bottle condition the majority of our bottles but this was not bottle conditioned because huh. we were in a time crunch. So, for whatever reason, this seems to taste even better than the version I had at your release. Well, this thank you very much. Really I mean, nice. Yeah, it might just be a little warmer. or Maybe. Yeah, maybe I just need to warm up. <laughs> um, but I'm really nice. proud of this. You know, we put this out on our one-year anniversary. Oh, man. It was age one year, and it was from our first batch of beer, and it was products from our farm. So... I'm just really excited to grow up our agricultural um, aspect of our business, which, man, that stuff takes a lot of work, i got to tell you. <laughs> so it is absolutely gorgeous it, beer. It, it yeah. finishes yeah, it with is. the apples, which I, I always like when a taste doesn't just 
end with that taste, which a lot of a lot of these popular beers, these IPAs and things like that, it's it's bitter and then it's you got some fruit and then bitter again and then some flowers and then bitter and then it's done and that's that's all you taste and this one kind of lingers on the tongue and it ends soft and you get some of that that appley kind of fruit which I you know it's good I don't, I'm not a cider guy and every time I drink cider this is what I wish it tasted yeah <laughs> like it still tastes like beer but it's got that cider kind of character to it yeah, thank you very much yeah we're very proud of this one you know I mean as any brewery we like certain beers more than others and you know it's a learning process you know uh I am the head brewer, and I am certainly not a master of sour and barrel-aged beers. I'm not. I'm learning as I go. But this one, I'm very happy with. So, so hey. right after I tell you that I hate ciders and that, that they're disgusting, do you guys have plans to make ciders? <laughs> I would be interested. Yeah. I Actually, mean, if you guys have some kind of trees on your so, property and stuff, you know, it makes sense. Well, they're very small since trees. they're disgusting. They're very small trees. Cider's but terrible. What I would be interested in is okay. So, <laughs> we are a production brewery. We pay a thousand dollars a year yeah. for our production license. And with that, we get a tap room. Uh, if we want to serve, say, somebody else's beer or have two bottles of wine so we, so people that can drink wine can come in the licensing automatically jumps up to four thousand dollars a year extra and um there's no middle ground between that's a full liquor license i can get the full liquor license but i have to pay four thousand dollars but and i don't want to serve liquor but can't so, you can't you make your own cider and wine on the same license? We can't make it on the same license. We would need a wine license to make cider or wine. And what we could do is set up our brewery as an alternating premises. So we would, on, say, six days out of the week, we would be a brewery. And on one day out of the week, we would be a winery. And... If we did that, and, you know, we haven't done this, but it, we've been thinking about doing it. It's just a matter of finding time, right? But um, we could make just a very small amount of wine or cider for our own guests at the tap room. And uh, I remember talking with Art, the owner of Jackie's, about this because, you know, he sees the value in having wine in the tap room because certain people, especially couples, you know, um, one person just doesn't like beer. And so that's going to keep that couple, or if it's a group, you know, that's going to keep that group away from the tap room. Well, why would you want to turn away that group? You should, you should, you know. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Audrey. How you doing? Uh, so anyways, you know, we're thinking of ways that we could, you know, okay, if we do a wine or a cider, like how can we put the little fish identity, the spin on it, you know, and really make it ours, not just, uh, you know, throw away. I mean, I would we like don't to want see anything to be away. See what you can do with cider. A barrel-aged cider, a wild cider. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? I, I, that's making my mouth yeah, water right I'm, now. I'm a real yeah. sucker for, for a wild cider. Absolutely. Yeah, those French ones. But, yeah, it's funny, actually, with this beer, um, I go admit when I first saw it, I've had enough beers. I mean, as somebody came from the homebrew side and judged homebrew competitions and stuff, you know, you get an appley flavor out of poorly fermented beers. So, I mean, I've never thought about putting apple in any of my beers. And so when I first saw it, I was like, hmm. apple beer, huh? But, man, when I tried it, 
uh, it, it knocked my socks off. It completely convinced me that's perfect for a sour beer because it gives that nice tartness that you know you expect with it, and it's not like overly appley flavor. Um, but the tart level, the tartness level, is just perfect with it. Sure. I really like and it. Well, and, well, thank you, Cameron. And, um, and I mean, uh, to talk about that appley flavor as a as a defect, uh, we're talking about acid aldehyde, yeah. which typically comes off as green apple. Personally, I just get it as this like plastic flavor, like this. I don't even recognize apples. I just get like this like sort of fake plastic uh, flavor. So it's never been a problem for me personally, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, it, what's what's neat to me is that when I think of Little Fish, and granted, my impression of Little Fish is limited based on the the. The two times I've had your beer today and like on July seventh of two thousand fifteen, because I just pulled it up just out of curiosity. Nerd alert! So <laughs> I pulled up. I have a spreadsheet. Look, I have every beer we've tasted on the show. We weren't open yet then. Um, <laughs> that was the same day that we tried Devil's Kettle. Right there, there you are, Spider Spill. Maybe maybe we uh, snuck day? you in, July but 7th. we didn't open until July 9th. That was when we tasted the beer. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'm not saying yeah, I'm how not, we got I'm, it or what. I'm happened. not disputing you. It was probably some kind of homebrew, or I don't know. You know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, the impression I get of you guys as a brewery is this quote unquote farmhouse, wild kind of brewery. That's that 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 that's in my mind what you guys are and. This beer is that. Like it's it's not it's not a cider. It's a outdoorsy, farmhousey. Like it's a it's it's, it's wild. It's it's farmhousey. I, I don't know if that's a good description or not, but it just it tastes like a like a farm. Like 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 apples and like like you can just picture that cow's booty, <laughs> a cow booty. Just picture yeah. a goat mowing your front yard. Yes. It's nothing to do with goats <laughs> or cows. It's it, it's a produce farm that I'm at, it and I'm like sitting outside. <laughs> oh, a produce farm. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that kind of farm. But it just it, like, it's, it's 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 good. It tastes like outside. Does that make any kind of sense at all? Well, that's what no, they say with the with the Brett. You know, people use the barnyard. But even uh, barnyard pulls some other crap into Nobody it. Nobody you know? knows what a barnyard is. You know, like, I, just, it like, tastes, I was going to say, you know. if anybody says horse blanket, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> if you taste so a horse blanket. Ber- Bertanomyces lamicus always is tied to this descriptor of horse blanket. And I grew up on a horse farm, and I have never smelled a horse. If you know what a horse blanket smells like. It's... But have you licked one? So there was this one time. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I just really hate that horse blanket descriptor because it's just like it's. I love the um, the hippie armpit. I mean, just coming from <laughs> coming from you know southeast Ohio, yeah, like Athens, Ohio, or something. <laughs> the hippie arm, just like like you know they've been smoking a lot of weed and it's just and like so much seeping out of their pores, you know. But it's it smells great. So, yeah, how I, I've tried to describe that to people is, like, you drive by a cattle farm, and it smells bad, but it smells good at the same yeah. time. Like, there's there's something good about that. Sure. I mean, that's that whole thing with, like, French perfume having, you know, very, very small amounts of, like, muskrat, musk, like, literally muskrat scent glands in it. 
because these same compounds uh, that at high levels are offensive at low levels add so much complexity and just turn into like completely different sensory experiences. As a, you know, as somebody who grew up on a farm, would you know? Uh, I got a uh, like a five-year-old homebrew lambic at home, and I say it smells like a goat's balls. Have you ever smelled a goat's balls? <laughs> <laughs> Big question. Because <laughs> I I don't know what a goat's ball smells like, but I think that this probably is what you gotta get some goats, like. man. You smell the goat's balls. You smell the beer after goats. I mean, you I gotta, and you've smelled balls. I mean, so. I've smelled <laughs> each of them, and I think this is what a goat's balls must smell like. If, they go, if this goes any farther down the rabbit hole, I'm going to go get that hot Dale's Pale Ale out of my car. <laughs> well, fucking that. You should probably grab that Dale's Ale. There was the F word. There it was. Oh, there it there is. was the first one. Got Guess it. who gets the shotgun it. So and let's, now we can all say fuck all night long. Let's take a quick break. Um, the worst break ever because I don't have a script in front of me because... I don't have anything in front of me, so let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I want to remind everybody to um, get online and look up Brewer's Buddy. I don't know anything about which their specific website is. I think it's brewersbuddy.com. They're probably on Facebook at Brewer's Buddy. They're probably on Twitter at Brewer's Buddy. Probably on Instagram, maybe at Brewers Buddy, but I don't have my script in front of me, so I'm just guessing. Um, we love Brewers Buddy; they are uh, a friend of Cincy Brewcast. Um, if I'm messing up my script too bad, we'll edit this out. So, Brewers Buddy, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette from Blank Slate Brewing in Cincinnati, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back with Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. That commercial is going to get me in trouble. I know it. So we're sitting here in Athens, totally cold now. drinking a whole bunch of beer, so and pretending like we're still in Cincinnati. And it's it's actually not hard to do. Um, I don't think anybody knows we're back, so I'm just talking to myself. Um, <laughs> I still don't know we're back. So, it's been a good day here in Athens. We're sipping on some beer. <laughs> we're, we're totally back. I'm here. I'm just talking to myself, talking about what I've been doing today. Um, uh, my wife is a saint for putting up with what I do. As is mine. She, um, yeah, she, she tries very hard to pretend like this is a good thing. It's not a good thing. All right. So, um, hang on just a second. Wait, is um, Isn't this what craft beer is against I need to, Irish drinking? What are we doing here? I, I why is the uh, carb hole not That's where you go. So I need to call my wife so I can turn my mic down so I can yell to her. Sorry. It was in a trunk of a car. 
He did so say. I've, I've yelled to my wife. It was hot. To um, to video this. My my wife, as I was just saying, is going to video this. And because she hasn't been listening to the show, because nobody can hear the show, she doesn't know that the first person to drop the f bomb has to chug this horrible three-month-old can of dale's pills been riding around to our viewers. Can you describe? You we need tasting notes afterwards. Okay. There it goes. No hesitation. Two, three, four, five, (laughs) and he's done. So, how does it taste? The hop flavor really uh, kept <laughs> up. I really got the Cascade Centennial. There's a pleasant base malt. Like, you know, a touch of like a mild crystal malt. <laughs> Maybe a touch of Munich is what I'd guess. Very pleasant. There you go. That's and what happens. my glasses actually agree <laughs> with me. <laughs> I think it's splattered all over everything. And everything it got on. Uh, let the record because show. Because... Being in a trunk of a car, that thing got everywhere. <laughs> yeah, let the sh- record show. Cameron did not have to be asked twice to do that. No, he <laughs> was. It was almost like he was he, looking he, forward he to it. His honor, his honor was. Came in I sure was. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're an hour and a half into it. I think that's that's a show. May we try? Is it okay if oh. we try one more beer? Yes, sir. Okay, I have. Shameless twenty four percent battery here, left, so All right. yeah, we're good. Next uh, year we'll have twenty four percent beer. <laughs> so I wanted to share next year we'll have speakers so everybody can hear us. They're all staring us over crazy. This one will gush a bit because it's warm. Worse than worse than Cameron's shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call skill. I'm just used to all those overcarbonated little fish beers at this point. <laughs> so um, I wanted to share this beer. Is this Sunfish? That we are dropping tomorrow. It's called Sunfish. And this is another barrel aged Saison with spelt, but it's pretty different. Uh, this beer we actually sort of designed and are marketing around our solar installation that is coming up. So uh, this is a Saison with spelt and honey, but it's a little bit stronger and funkier than the estate number one. And it is dry hopped and it's a little bit tart also. So um, basically what I want to say about this beer, which we are officially starting to sell the first Saturday Saturday of Brew Week tomorrow is that uh, by buying this bottle, you will be helping us fund our solar installation at the brewery. So, um, you know, let me know what you think about the beer. But, folks, if you're listening, we would love to put in solar at our brewery. We're very committed to being a sustainable brewery, to using local ingredients. And this beer incorporates many local ingredients. It incorporates malt that is malted in Ohio spelt that is grown in ohio wildflower honey from ohio and i was trying to get ohio hops but i couldn't pull it off so they're hops from yakima valley what did you dry hop this one with i think it was golding 
smells lovely. I love like a, a dry hopped, really Brett forward beer. Yeah. A, that like yeah. pungency on two different fronts. Yeah, it's definitely. Batch number boob. That's. I saw. <laughs> I thought that's what you're gonna say. Again. I was like, you're flipping out. <laughs> what are we looking at? It's batch number boob. <laughs> oh, the boob. You're getting that. It says B008, but... Uh, <laughs> That's not what I read. Hey, Cameron, you're not the first person to have mentioned that, actually. I'm also the guy that just shotgunned a beer. Yeah. So I, ha- I kind of lost a filter. <laughs> For the first time on Sensi Brewcast, batch number boob. <laughs> Quite delicious. And, um, it's really good. Yeah, this is Bottle nice. Conditions. I think it's going to do some amazing things with time. So, you know, hey, I'm going to shamelessly plug the brewery again because... I care so much about sustainable energy and keeping things local. So, listen, if, if you like this beer, buy six bottles. Drink one every year for the next six years or give them away to some friends. You know, well, this is We're not having a Kickstarter for our, for our solar because we're a for-profit business. We've been at it long enough where you know we can afford to do this, but all the money that we make from selling this beer will go towards our solar installation that's awesome it's it's really good like i i have trouble picking out specific flavors i get lots of obviously you know the easy side i can say i get lots of hops and lots of brett kind of sitting on both sides of that 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 uh that 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 bite that that, yeah. that punch to it. There's a, a really there's a beautiful roundness to it with the effervescence that that really cleans it up. I get this fantastic like mandarin orange character to it. Yeah, it's I was very thinking juicy, apricot citrus. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a stone fruit character to it as well. That's the lovely thing about beer is you know like wine you can just kind of like make up words and no one can tell you you're wrong. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I watched a, a documentary about sommeliers that one of the guy's descriptors, one of his favorite descriptors was like a fresh cut garden hose. Yes, I knew you were, yeah. not only the, <laughs> not only did Sama. I know the documentary, but I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, or like, Sam is awesome. So I, or yeah. like uh, tennis ball. Um, yeah. there, was a, there was a guy that used to work at Jungle Gyms near us. We used to call him Cute Beer Guy because I would send my wife into Jungle Gyms to get me beer. And I'd say, don't worry about what you got to get. Just just go to Cute Beer Guy, because he was the cutest guy in the store. And I'd say, ask him what's new, what's fun, what I would like. And she would go to him, and he could kind of send her to what he wanted. And when you talk to this guy, his descriptions of beers and wines and things like that were kind of like that. But my favorite one ever, it was a, it was a wine, which I'm not, I'm not really a wine drinker. But his description was, it's kind of like grapes but they're in a river sitting on a rock in the sunshine with a fresh breeze blowing over top of them. And I'll be damned if when you drank that wine, <laughs> that's not exactly what it tasted like. It, it so Even like down to the rock, like you get like this, 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 this rocky taste of rock. Like, Minerality. Like, yeah. Like, but, but when people describe it that way, it's like, Oh my God, that's exactly what it tastes like. So that's, uh, it was, it was fun. Well, and then you have the, the descriptors of American IPA that's like your cat ate your weed and pissed on your Christmas tree. Right. right. <laughs> Dude, Which, that's the IPA that I want. Can I get that? <laughs> yeah. 
I've, I've always been interested by the cat piss kind of descriptor because oh, I love cat piss. Uh, yeah, and I love it. I kind of do too, but I don't want to. Well, like it doesn't sound like something I want to I like, but I kind of do. Always cats, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't just love them. I just love them so much. And yet, like the beers that are described as cat piss are my favorites. <laughs> I would I, agree I with that. Smell it. But I'll tell you, it. you know, with a, we had a cat that had a, a peeing problem, and you know. There's a similarity, but it's completely different, folks. It's kind of like horse blanket, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah, exposed to it enough, either. you see the similarities. You lick but. one horse blanket, and it's delicious. You lick 30, and it starts to taste like mm-hmm. horse blanket. I mean, your palate's like a muscle. You have to exercise <laughs> it. So when are we going to get so tired of goat balls that it's just going to be over? Too much goat balls. Well, today was the first time I've heard goat balls as a description for a beer, so... Should have brought my homebrew down that's been <laughs> sitting it's still in the carboy. And it's like, a, it might be six years old now. <laughs> should have just brought the carboy and we could have just poured it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that thing is probably a solid cake at the bottom. Like, that yeast is not moving. Just dump it. I suppose we should wrap this up at some point before yeah. my battery dies. And before <laughs> if we you insist. All this. Um, We've had a lot of fun. It, this has been really fun. So everybody, give a quick plug for who you are, where you're from, please. Dallas Kettle, good beer, drink it. Little fish, little fish, little fish. Brandon Thompson, How Brew Week, July 23rd. Make sure you show up. Seth Morton, Jackie O's, come down and see us. That's it. We're we're here. We're in Athens. I'm drinking. I'm gonna keep drinking. I hope I'll be back tomorrow for Bad Tom's Badass Beer Fest. If not, somebody will be there to do a show. Thank you for listening. Please um, follow us on social media. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Thank you, everybody. We're sorry.